Good morning, everyone. It's time for another edition of Transformation Radio. Stumble 
now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today comes from the book of Luke, chapter 8, verse 40, through chapter 9, verse 6. We'll read here today that the synagogue was the local center of worship. The synagogue leader was responsible for administration, building maintenance, and worship supervision. It would have been quite unusual for a respected synagogue leader to fall at the feet of an itinerant preacher and beg him to heal his daughter. Jesus honored this man's humble faith. A lot of people surrounded Jesus as he made his way toward Jairus' house. It was virtually impossible to get through the multitude, but one woman fought her way desperately through the crowd in order to touch Jesus. As soon as she did, she was healed. What a difference there is between the crowds that are curious about Jesus and the few who reach out and touch Him, long for Him, desperately need Him. Today, many people are familiar with who Jesus is, but nothing in their lives has changed by knowing He is God's Son. It is only faith in Christ that releases God's healing power. So are are you just curious about God? Or do you reach out to Him in faith, knowing that His mercy bring healing to your body, soul, and spirit? Well, certainly Jesus knew who had touched him. He knew that someone had intentionally touched him in order to receive some sort of healing. Jesus wanted the woman to step forward and identify herself. To let her slip away would have meant a lost opportunity for Jesus to teach her that his cloak did not have magical properties. It had been her faith in him that had healed her. He may also have wanted to teach the crowds a lesson. You see, according to Jewish law, a man who touched a menstruating woman became ceremonially unclean. Well, this was true whether her bleeding was normal or, as in this woman's case, the result of an abnormal condition. To protect themselves from such defilement, Jewish men carefully avoided touching, speaking to, or even looking at women. By contrast, Jesus proclaimed to hundreds of people, that this so-called unclean woman had touched him, and then he healed her. See, in Jesus' mind, this suffering woman was not to be overlooked. As God's creation, she deserved attention and respect. Well, now let's read all about it here in the New Testament. March 30th, the New Testament. Luke chapter 8, verse 40 through chapter 9, verse 6. On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about twelve years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for twelve years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him, and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. 
While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, Your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just have faith, and she will be healed. When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, James, and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing, but he said, Stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, My child, get up! And at that moment her life returned, and she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what had happened. One day Jesus called together his twelve disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Take nothing for your journey, he instructed them. Don't take a walking stick, a traveler's bag, food, money, or even a change of clothes. Wherever you go, stay in the same house until you leave town. And if a town refuses to welcome you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned those people to their fate. So they began their circuit of the villages, preaching the good news and healing the sick. Psalm 71, verses 1 through 24. Here's what we'll be reading about here today in the Psalms. The writer was old and saw his life as an example, a solemn sign or testimony to others of all God had done for him. Remembering our lifetime of blessings will help us to see the consistency of God's grace throughout the years, trust Him for the future, and share with others the benefits of following Him. Now, as we face the sunset years of our lives, we recognize that God has been our constant help in the past. As physical powers wane, we need God even more, and we realize He is still our constant help. We must never despair, but keep on expecting His help no matter how severe our limitations. Hope in Him helps us to keep going, to keep serving Him. A person is never too old to serve God, never too old to pray. Though age may stop us from certain physical activities, it need not stifle our desire or limit our opportunities to tell others, especially children, about all we have seen God do in our many years of life. Psalm 71, verses 1-24 through 24. O Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. Save me and rescue me, for you do what is right. Turn your ear to listen to me and set me free. Be my rock of safety, for I can always hide. Give the order to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. My God, rescue me from the power of the wicked, from the clutches of the cruel oppressors. O Lord, you alone are my hope. I've trusted in you, O Lord, from childhood. Yes, you have been with me from birth. 
From my mother's womb you have cared for me. No wonder I am always praising you. My life is an example to many, because you have been my strength and protection. That is why I can never stop praising you. I declare your glory all day long. And now, in my old age, don't set me aside. Don't abandon me when my strength is failing, for my enemies are whispering against me. They are plotting together to kill me. They say, God has abandoned him. Let's go and get him, for no one will help him now. Oh, God, don't stay away. My God, please hurry to help me. Bring disgrace and destruction on my accusers. Humiliate and shame those who want to harm me. But I will keep on hoping for your help. I will praise you more and more. I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day long I will proclaim your saving power. Though I am not skilled with words, I will praise your mighty deeds, O Sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just. O God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you, O God? You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. Then I will praise you with music on the harp, because you are faithful to your promises, O my God. I will sing praises to you with a lyre, O Holy One of Israel. I will shout for joy and sing your praises, for you have ransomed me. I will tell about your righteous deeds all day long. For everyone who tried to hurt me has been shamed and humiliated. Proverbs chapter 12, verses 5 through 7. The plans of the godly are just. The advice of the wicked is treacherous. The words of the wicked are like a murderous ambush, but the words of the godly save lives. The wicked die and disappear but the family of the godly stands firm. There's got to be more than going back and forth From doing right to doing wrong Cause we were taught that's who we are Come on, get in line right behind me You along with everybody Introduce you to amazing grace. No matter the bumps, no matter the bruises, no matter the scars, still the truth is a cross has made. The cross has made you flawless. The cross has made you flawless. No 
simply can't believe that this unconditional kind of love would be in love to take a filthy wretch like this and wrap him up in righteousness. But that's exactly what he did. No matter the bumps, no matter the bruises, no matter the scars, still the truth is a cross has made. The cross has made. This is Tony Kembler, uh, getting ready to phase up to phase three. Uh, just a little past history here. Uh, I was born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. Um, I was broken. Um, started drugs and alcohol at an early age. I uh, had a pretty rough life coming up as far as being addicted to drugs and alcohol. A good family. Um, things got really out of hand as I progressed in my older age. Um, Got addicted to heroin about a year and a half ago um, after my mother died of cancer. And uh, I just really didn't care if I lived or died after that. Um, just uh, my life was in a downward spiral, uh, completely downward. Um, I found the refuge and uh, I give my life over to God on uh, November the 29th, uh, 2015. And ever since then, um, my life has changed for the better. Um, I can finally see the light at the end of the tunnel. 
Um, my future is looking good for me uh, in my eyes because the Lord has blessed me very well. Um, my family restoration is great with my uh, sister and my daughter. And the Lord has done nothing but uh, good things for me. And uh, all I want to do is just keep digging in and uh, for the Lord and just keep serving the best that I can. Um, and I'd like to give an affirmation out to all the brothers that are down on the farm and in phase two. I love you guys. Uh, just just keep keep going, fellas. Just don't give up. Sometimes you want to, but just, just keep striving for the best because the Lord will change you and change your heart. Um, I just want to tell all the coordinators that you guys are doing a great job in phases one, two, and three. And uh, just keep doing it, guys. Thank you. Yep, this is Tate Hughes. Second phase, I'd like to affirm James. Man, I just want to say that uh, you're doing a good job. I see you really getting into it. I'm glad you're on my team. You're my dude. I'm glad we're going to be in this together. Love you, bud. Uh, keep up the good work. Hello, this is Doug from Phase 2, and today's devotion is out of experiencing God. It's over the kinds of adjustments God may require us to make. What kinds of adjustments are required to position your life to be used by God? Trying to answer that question is like trying to list all the things God might ask you to do. The list could be endless. However, I can point you to some examples and give you some general categories of adjustments God might ask of you. Adjustments may be required in one or more of the following areas. In your circumstances, this could be your job, home, finances, or others. In your relationships, family, friends, business associates, or others. In your thinking, prejudices, methods, your potential, about your past and about others. In your commitments to family, church, your job, plans, traditions, or others. In your actions, how you pray, give, serve, or others. In your beliefs about God, his purposes, his ways, your relationship with him, or others. The list could go on and on. The major adjustment will come at the point of acting on your faith. When you face a crisis of belief, you must decide what you believe about God. That mental decision may be easy. The hard part is adjusting your life to God and taking an action that demonstrates your faith. You may be called to attempt things only God can do, whereas before you may have attempted only what you knew you could accomplish. Some people have asked whether a major adjustment is always involved in joining God's work. Anytime you go from where you are to where God is working, from your way of thinking to God's way of thinking, from your ways to, God way, to God's ways, or from your purposes to his purposes, a major adjustment will be required. Now you may make an adjustment at one point in your life that will prepare you for joining God at a future time. When the time comes for obedience, you will have already adjusted to God, and you will not sense a major adjustment is required. Absolute Surrender God frequently requires adjustments in areas of your life that you have never considered or been open to in the past. You may have heard someone say something like this, Don't ever tell God something you don't want to do. That is what he will ask you to do. Well, God is not looking for ways to make your life difficult. However, he intends to be the Lord of your life. 
And when you identify a place where you refuse to allow his lordship, that is a place where he will go to work. He is seeking absolute surrender. God may or may not require you to do the thing you identified, but he will keep working until you are willing for him to be the Lord of all. Remember, because God loves you, his will is always best. Any adjustment God expects you to make is for your good. As you follow him, the time may come when your life and future may depend on your adjusting quickly to God's directives. You don't adjust your life to a concept. You align your life to God. You alter your viewpoints to resemble his. You change your ways to be like his. After you make the necessary adjustments, God expects you Any adjustments God expects you to make is for your good. As you follow him, the time may come when your life and future may depend on your adjusting quickly to God's directives. You don't adjust your life to a concept. You align your life to God. You alter your viewpoints to resemble his. You change your ways to be like his ways. After you make the necessary adjustments... He will tell you what to do next to obey him. When you follow him, you will experience him doing through you something only he can do. You cannot stay where you are and go with God in obedience to his will. Adjustments must come first. Then you can follow in obedience. Keep in mind that the God who calls you is also the one who will enable you to do his will. Obedience requires adjustments. You cannot stay where you are and go with God at the same time. Second, obedience is costly to you and to those around you. Third, obedience requires total dependence on God to work through you. When you are willing to surrender everything in your life to the Lordship of Christ, you, like Elisha, will find the adjustments are well worth the reward of experiencing God. If you have not come to the place in your life where you have surrendered all to his lordship, decide today to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. To that home on God's celestial shore I'll fly away I'll fly away, oh glory I'll fly away When I die, hallelujah, by and by I'll fly away Just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away To that land where joy will never end I'll fly away I'll fly away, oh glory Hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away.
Oh, I'll fly away, oh glory I'll fly away in the morning when I die Hallelujah, by and by I'll fly away This concludes today's broadcast. I pray that everyone who tuned in today was blessed by what they heard, and I hope you all have a wonderful day.